This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. It's 5.07. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila. Pope Pope Parliament is back, so we're bringing you highlights from the Day One Rakyat today. So the session kicked off with a question by Sabah Bernam MP Datuk Fasia Fake, who wanted clarification on the number of people in the country who are categorised as hardcore poor from 2020 to 2022, as well as the government's measures to eradicate hardcore poverty. So Minister in the Prime Minister's Department for Economic Affairs, Datuk Sri Mustafa Mohammad said that a total of 44,829 households were categorised as hardcore poor in 2020 based on the results of the National Poverty Data Bank, or ICASE. Uh, he also added that the number of hardcore poor had increased from 144,932 households following the adoption of the 2019 Poverty Line methodology, as well as the impact of the pandemic. Berdasarkan Bank Data Kemiskinan Nasional atau ICASE, yang diuruskan oleh unit penyelarasan pelaksanaan ICU JPM sebanyak 44829 ketua isi rumah dikategorikan sebagai miskin tegar pada tahun 2020 walaupun susulan daripada penggunaan metodologi baru kemiskinan pada 2019 serta impak COVID-19 bilangan miskin tegar ini telah meningkat kepada 144932 ketua isi rumah setakat 30 Jun 2022 he also talked about how the Kluaga Malaysia Hardcore Poverty Eradication Program is an addition to existing programs to address poverty issues across all ethnic groups. He said that this program will be implemented in 1,000 localities within three years and eight months and would involve projects covering agriculture, livestock, entrepreneurship, marketing and also motivational programs. He added that it was estimated to generate around 300 to 1,000 ringgit extra income per month. Program Basmi Miskin Tegar bukan suatu yang baru, ia telah mula sejak kemerdekaan lagi dan diperkiatkan dalam tahun 70-an melalui dasar ekonomi baru. Walaupun di bawah BMTKM, kaedah dan pendekatan dalam Basmi Miskin Tegar adalah berbeza dan lebih holistik. Yang pertama, unit kemiskinan khusus ditubuhkan di Perikat Persekutuan Negeri dan Daerah. Yang kedua, menggunakan pakai pendekatan keseluruhan negara atau whole of nation approach dengan izin dan berdasarkan masalah setempat dan bukannya one size fits all. Yang ketiga, penglepatan pelbagai pihak merengkomi universiti awam, swasta, industri dan lain. Dan yang keempat, memperkenalkan dasar pemisah selepas tempoh dua, dua hingga tiga tahun pelaksanaannya. BM, BMTKM akan laksanakan di seribu lokaliti dalam tempoh tiga tahun enam bulan. Fasa pertama melibatkan 80 lokaliti sudah pun uh, bermula. Program yang akan laksanakan adalah untuk meningkatkan pendapatan yang merangkumi projek-projek pertanian, penternakan, usahawan, pemasaran serta pembangunan minda dan motivasi. Anggaran pendapatan tambahan adalah kira-kira 300 hingga 1,000 ringgit sebulan. Bagi memastikan kejayaan BMTKM, Jantungkan sepemantauan peringkat daerah dan cawangan bertanggungjawab untuk memantau dan membuat laporan bulanan serta mengambil tindakan intervensi sekiranya perlu. 
That was Minister in the Prime Minister's Department for Economic Affairs, Dato Sri Mustafa Muhammad. Next, the MPs moved on to a discussion on the rising cost of living. Um, it really is a lot, of, a lot to do with cost of living and expenditure today. Um, and this was raised by Pod Dixon MP Dato Sri Anwar Ibrahim. During the session, he criticised the government for relying too much on subsidies to tackle this issue. He said that there was a need for the government to implement targeted subsidies. Prime Minister Dato Sri Ismail Sabri Yaakub then responded by saying that there are a set of challenges that may come about if targeted subsidies were implemented and went on to give an example of uh, subsidised palm oil in poly bags not being allowed for commercial usage and uh, an example of an issue that might arise if authorities clamp down on vendors who sell uh, goreng pisang. Here's a clip of that. Then, satu lagi yang agak sukar kita nak kawal, ya Muhammad. Mengawal minyak ni pun takkan sampai hati nak, nak ambil tindakan ni. Makcik-makcik yang jual goreng pisang. Mereka tak boleh menggunakan minyak masak untuk kegunaan jual goreng pisang. Itu salah. Sebab minyak masak paket ini tidak boleh untuk komersial. Jadi salah. Tapi adakah penguat kuasa nak saman makcik tukang masak ni? Atau rampas minyak masak mereka? Nanti dituduh kita zalim pula kepada rakyat yang miskin ini. Yang nak, nak menjual kais pagi, makan pagi ini. Jadi bukan sesuatu yang mudah seperti ABC tetapi ada perkara yang kita perlu pertimbangkan. Tapi percayalah Muhammad, kajian tidak berdiam diri. Perdana Menteri tidak boleh dikatakan tak melakukan apa-apa tindakan. Insya-Allah kita akan lakukan yang terbaik untuk negara. The PM also spoke about other challenges that arise in ensuring cheaper cooking oil reaches the right people and that the government was working to address issues involving the smuggling of subsidised oil across the borders as well as misappropriation when cooking oils reach repackers. Um, so Anwar also brought up the matter of petrol subsidies and pointed out that the government could lower the prices for the B60 group. And the PM responded by saying that this had been studied by the government and they are attempting to find an appropriate mechanism to ensure deserve groups receive the right help. However, a solution hasn't been reached yet. Uh, so let us know, what are your thoughts on targeted subsidies? We've asked you this before, but what measures would you like to see the government take to ensure that the right people receive appropriate financial aid? You can call 77332900, WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. Um, and now moving on, there's been a lot of criticism by both the public and policy makers on the new Jihad Against Inflation Special Task Force that was set up by the government recently. And uh, Prime Minister Adathasri Smail Sabri Address those complaints as uh, address those complaints as well in today's session. He said that an existing council had already been set up in 2014. That was known as the National Action Council on Cost of Living, and they met twice a year and looked at various big picture policies like transportation and housing, and didn't necessarily focus on the latest issues involving price hikes. So he went on to explain that they had decided on this new task force to meet up twice a week and to be proactive in tackling inflation issues. He added that it was important for the people to be updated on any new information on this and that this task force would aim to do exactly that. Here's a clip of him saying that. Ada orang ketawakan kita bila kita ada macam-macam jawatan kuasa. Jadi saya nak maklumkan. Nakor ataupun jawatan kuasa khas sehari hidup negara ni sebenarnya dah lama diwujudkan. Sejak tahun 2014 ketika itu namanya jawatan kuasa khas kabinet menangani kos sehari hidup. Waktu saya menteri kabinet. 
Lepas itu, waktu PH pada 2018 ditukarkan nama tersebut kepada Majlis Tindakan Sara Hidup Negara, NAKOL. Tetapi, mesyuarat diadakan dua kali setahun. Dan NAKOL ini adalah melihat kepada keseluruhan, secara keseluruhan. Bukan saja kenaikan harga barang, tetapi melihat kepada semua isu. Sama ada harga barang, kos pengangkutan, perumahan, isu perumahan. Jadi, bukan sekat harga barang sahaja, tetapi keseluruhan. Cuma apabila saya mengambil alih, saya lihat waktu itu selepas pandemik, isu kenaikan harga barang tentu saja akan berlaku. Jadi kita mesyuarat every setiap dua bulan sekali, kita mengadakan mesyuarat untuk fokus. Bukan saja, seperti saya kata tadi, bukan sahaja ada barang tetapi juga perkara-perkara lain yang melibatkan dasar. Manakala jatuhan kuasa task force, pasukan khas jihad inflasi ini, melihat kepada isu semasa yang terkini iaitu kos tarikh hidup ataupun kenaikan harga barang. Dan dia adalah harian punya isu. Sebab itulah nakol mesyuarat dulu dua kali setahun, sekarang saya uh, dua bulan sekali. Tetapi pasukan petugas khas inflasi menangani inflasi ini mesyuarat dua kali seminggu. Hari Senin dan juga hari Kamis. Dan dia mesti melaporkan kepada rakyat tentang apa tindakan yang akan dilakukan. That was Prime Minister Datuk Sri Ismail Sabri Yaakob. Do weigh in. What do you make of this new task force to combat inflation? What would you like to see them do? You can call 77332900, WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. Moving on, a discussion on mandatory voting was raised by Pase Mas MP Ahmad Fatli Shari, who wanted to know whether the government would implement this measure as some other countries have. Um, you know, among those that have put this in place include Thailand, Singapore, Australia, Belgium. And this is, of course, coming on the heels of the low voter turnout in the Johor State election last March. So, Minister in the Prime Minister's Department for Parliament and Law Datuk Sri Wan Junaidi Tuanku Jaffa responded by saying that while he thought this was a good proposal, it wouldn't be easy to implement as it would come with a lot of challenges. He said that this has been discussed with the Election Commission and while implementing it in uh, urban areas might work, there would be challenges to implement this in rural areas which may then lead to potential obstacles or errors. Um, he also called it, uh, quote-unquote, unhealthy within our practice of democracy. Perkara ini juga telah dibincang tetapi apa yang kita bincang ada implikasi-implikasi lain. Mungkin di bandar yang berhormat soalan mengudi wajib ini boleh dilaksanakan. Tetapi di luar bandar yang mana komunikasinya kurang dan sebagainya, kita akan berhadapan dengan satu lembakan apa namanya, halangan ataupun kesalahan yang bakal kita lihat nanti berlaku kena kurang pengundian keluar walaupun tujuannya baik tetapi akhirnya mendatangkan satu perkara yang tu uh, tidak sihat di kalangan masyarakat Malaysia itu sendiri dalam mengamalkan demokrasi dalam keadaan sedemikian Muhammad yang Muhammad walaupun baik tetapi kita kena kaji secara mendalam terima kasih that was Prime Minister. That was Minister in the Prime Minister's Department for Parliament and Law, Datuk Sri Wan Junaidi Tuanku Jaffa, talking about potential issues that may come up if the government were to implement compulsory voting. Let us know what you think. Uh, do you think we should implement mandatory voting? 
You can call 777-332-900, WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. Next, Bukit Bintang MP Fong Kuilun wanted the government to state the short and long-term measures to help Kuala Lumpur be free of floods. So Minister of Federal Territories, Datuk Sri Shahidan Kasim, said that new flood mitigation measures have helped the city avoid flash floods. These include immediate, short, medium and long-term plans that involve the Kuala Lumpur City Council. He said that these measures include um, things like upgrading scupper drains, maintenance works on retention ponds, rivers and main drainage systems. Tindakan serta-merta yang telah diambil di kawasan banjir kilat dengan memastikan kelancaran air adalah seperti menaik taraf scupper drain, melaksanakan kerja pengeretkan kelodak dan penyelenggara menyelenggara kolam takungan banjir, sungai dan juga pari induk. Selain itu, guni-guni pasir telah diletakkan di kawasan rendah untuk menahan limpahan air. DBA juga telah mempertingkatkan kawalan dan penyuraian trafik di kawasan hotspot banjir kilat dengan menempatkan jentera, petugas dan lebih 100 warden trafik di BKL. Warden trafik di BKL telah bekerjasama dengan pihak polis trafik Kuala Lumpur bagi tujuan ini. Tindakan serta-merta juga meliputi pengisiran empat kawasan zon bebas sampah di Kuala Lumpur iaitu Jalan Bukit Bintang, Jalan Raja, kawasan Little India, Brickfield dan Jalan Teguh Abdurrahman. Lebih banyak lagi kawasan zon bebas sampah di Kuala Lumpur akan diisiharkan. Selaras dengan inisiatif ini, kempen Cuci KL yang merangkumi aktiviti plogging telah menjadi satu aktiviti rutin. Aktiviti ini melibatkan penyertaan komuniti setempat, badan bukan kerajaan, sekolah-sekolah dan juga agensi swasta. DBJKL juga telah menambahkan perkhidmatan Mobile Integrated Service, MOBIS, yang telah dibangunkan oleh DBKL dengan memasukkan perkhidmatan notifikasi maklumat cuaca semasa di Kuala Lumpur kepada semua pemilik telefon pintar yang memuat turun aplikasi ini. This answer was seemingly not satisfactory for Kinabatang MP Datuk Sri Panglima Bung Mokhtar Radin, who stood up to demand that the minister provide a guarantee. Uh, here's a little bit of that. Tuan Pertua, jawapan sebegitu saya dengar 15 tahun yang lalu sudah. Tetapi kalau lumpur, bajir juga. Walaupun saya di Kinabatangan, tapi saya pun ada rumah di Kuala Lumpur. Sidang Dewan saya di Kuala Lumpur. Apa jaminan? Menteri dan kerajaan. Bahawa Kuala Lumpur tidak lagi banjir-banjir. Berapa peruntukan yang dicadangkan untuk dijadikan Kuala Lumpur sebagai bandar raya yang terhebat di dunia ini. Saya mau jaminan dia. Terima kasih. Jangan jawapan. Balik-balik itu saya. Tidak selesai. Pindah ibu kota pergi Sabah. Jangan. Uh, Yeah, things getting a little bit heated there. That was Kinabatang MP Datuk Sri Panglima Bung Mukhtar Radin. Now, we head on to today's debate session, which started off with a bang and a half after Dewan Rakyat Speaker Tan Sri Azizan Harun refused to allow a motion to discuss the claims of the Sulu Sultanate. Now, just a quick refresher on that case. In February, a French arbitration court ruled in favour of the Sulu Sultanate's heirs, which has resulted in two of Petronas' assets worth two billion US dollars reportedly being seized. So Kota Belut MP Isna Raisa Munira Majlis, who submitted the motion, stood up and said that it had been rejected by the Speaker for the third time and accused the Speaker of not caring about the claims since it was happening to Sabah and not any other state. Tuan Speaker, buat kali ketiga, Tuan Speaker menolak 
usul yang saya bawa di Dewan Rakyat ini tentang tuntutan suluk. Saya, saya cukup hairan. Saya mau tanya dengan Kerajaan Persekutuan. Sampai tahap apa yang kamu mau membolehkan supaya bahas ini dibolehkan? Tuntutan ini dibolehkan, dibahas dalam Dewan ini. Ini soal kedaulatan negara. Bukan soal soal remeh-temeh. Tuat extend. Pasal Sabahkah kamu tidak peduli? Sebab ini suluh dia tuntut Sabah saja, bukan negeri-negeri lain. Tuan Speaker, ini kali ketiga Tuan Speaker. Saya mau tanya dengan kerajaan. Kenapa kita hanya hantar stay of execution on the 12th of July? Sedangkan final award arbitrasi itu keluar pada 28 Februari. Saya mohon semua MP-MP daripada Sabah dan juga MP-MP lain ini untuk berdiri. Mohon supaya oh, usul ini dibincangkan, dibahaskan dari dalam Sabah. Dewan ini. Ini pasal Sabah. Alright, terima kasih. Terima kasih yang berhormat. Yang berhormat pula, silakan. Tuan Speaker, kadang-kadang saya rasa... Yang berhormat cukup. Yang berhormat pula, silakan. Bukit Glugo MP Ramkar Paul Singh also accused Azhar of rejecting the motion due to a conflict of interest as the latter's brother Idris Harun was involved in the Petronas case in his capacity as Attorney General. Usul berkenaan dengan isu Petronas ini dan ianya telah pun ditolak seperti uh, usul-usul lain. Uh, persoalan yang ingin saya timbulkan uh, bukan saja seperti mana saya sokong apa Kota Belud telah pun menyatakan tadi tetapi apa yang lebih penting adalah kritik pengkritikan di sini adalah terhadap the AG's chambers yang diketuai oleh abang tuan speaker. Nah sekiranya abang tuan speaker akan dikritisize atas isu ini yang sudah tentunya akan berlaku you are in a conflict of interest. You cannot decide this motion. With the greatest of respect you are a lawyer. Ada dua jenis azhar. Azhar the activist and azhar the speaker. Kalau azhar the activist yang memutuskan ini dia tidak akan memutuskan ini sebab ada conflict of interest. So in response, Dewan Raya Speaker Tan Sri Azhazi Zanharun said that this had been debated in Parliament in the last sitting in March and that he had to reject the motion as it would be sub-judice uh, since there were ongoing proceedings abroad and thus prevented them from debating matters in court. He also, in Parliament, he also denied a conflict of interest and said that he'd never discussed work matters with his brother. The session was then passed over to Dewan Raya Deputy Speaker Datuk Muhammad Rashid Hasnun who basically said this issue was done and dusted. He instructed Energy and Natural Resources Minister Datuk Sri Takyudin Hassan to continue tabling the amendments but then was interjected by the Kota Belut MP as well as other MPs this then prompted Rashid to order for her to not only be ejected from parliament but to be suspended for two days. Basically, this was not received well. It caused other opposition MPs to express their dissatisfaction and formed a barrier around Isna Raisa to prevent her from being escorted out of the day one. So here's a clip of the chaos that ensued. Merupakan agensi yang bertanggung jawab untuk keputusan telah dibuat. Saya minta bentara jalankan tugas. Saya meminta mengarahkan supaya kota belut dibawa keluar. Dua hari. Kota belut sila keluar dewan. Bentara jalankan tugas. Ya. Keputus, 
Keputusan telah dibuat oleh speaker. Saya minta. Saya tak menangkan. Saya minta teruskan. Ya. Yeah. And on that uh, rather combative note, that's all we have for today's session of Pope Pope Parliament. Uh, some of the things covered, measures being taken to help the hardcore poor groups of people, the new Jihad Against Inflation ta- Special Task Force to discuss issues relating to price hikes. We also talked about measures taken to stop flash floods in KL, uh, the implementation of mandatory voting, as well as Petronas asset seizures in relation to the claim by the Sulu Sultanate descendants. Do weigh in, send your thoughts our way. You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. So keep it here on the evening edition BFM eighty nine point nine. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my. BFM eighty nine point nine, the business station.